welcome to It's Symbolic, where we say words and sometimes those words are relevant. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. So, Ben. Huh? Looking over the last few episodes, I seem to have noticed a pattern. Yes. Where in any attempt at opening or going into a segue is interrupted by your bullshit. Yes. Well, do, do, I hadn't started do, until you addressed me this time, so... Yeah, I mean, do, do you have any pre-planned bullshit this time? Because... <laughs> no, sir. I'm gonna start installing a form where you tell me these things in advance. That way we know to be prepared. It's like a conflict sheet. That's fair. Um, I have nothing to report this time. All right, no... Wait, you know what? That's a lie, because immediately before we started, we started recording, I did warn you that I have uh, tea being prepared right now. And, in about and that's another minutes, bit ruined. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, I saw where you were going with it, no, I... uh, and I just wasn't going to let that stand. I wasn't going to let you <laughs> I wasn't even I going to. Told you. No, no, I've had the... This is an important issue that we need to discuss. Uh, let's just move on. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the 1999 film, But I'm a Cheerleader. see if i actually bother to edit the rest of this episode or if i just spend the whole time playing the theme on repeat yeah same because <laughs> <laughs> that's a great song yeah i don't remember anyway, how it goes can you can you uh recapture it for me jacob <laughs> see, this is the kind of bullshit that we were talking about so you admit that that, that having your singing be a part of the podcast would be sabotage no, I'm just saying that I'll have already played the damn clip, and it'll be irrelevant. Boy, I'm really on my game today, huh? Mir, you, you're probably a lot closer to this film, given that it is an LGBT film, and you are, you I know, am a lesbian. openly LGBT. Yep. <laughs> um, so, if you'd like to lead us off. Yeah, so, But I'm a Cheerleader is about what you would expect something called i would oh there oh, it goes there it is. i warned you <laughs> oh shit right right in the middle of mir's big moment too yeah well, i hope you're happy let that stand you know uh just because we're not talking about video games this week <laughs> um jesus anyway i was listening go on <laughs> i forgot where i was but it's <laughs> oh no pretty much what you would expect something called but i'm a cheerleader that's an LGBT film to be about where the titular cheerleader, Megan Bloomfield, played by Natasha Leone, um, is confronted by her friends and family that they believe her to be a lesbian and she gets sent to conversion therapy for it. And it's funnier than you might expect that plot to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I did try to do some research on conversion therapy, and I couldn't. That that shit is depressing and awful. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even pretend to be funny about it. 
I work for a place called True Directions who help people like yourself learn to understand the reasons behind homosexual tendencies and, and how to heal them. What tendencies? Uh, the film was inspired by an article the director, Jamie Babbitt, had read of, on conversion therapy and like a... I think specifically it was a man who came home from conversion therapy hating himself and also her own familiarity with uh, rehab programs as her mother ran a halfway house called New Directions for young people with drug and alcohol oh. problems. Um, oh, jeez. And she oh, ran that, that until... That actually seems her... a bit more... That actually seems a bit more in line i was a little close to home given that the conversion therapy camp in the movie is true directions yeah so this was her first film and i mean first film she came up with the story but she didn't write it yeah it was written by brian wayne peterson and the one sentence pitch was two girls two high school girls fall in love at a reparative therapy camp i mean admittedly we do need more well i was going to say that we need more movies with the pitch two girls fall in love but that just sounds creepy <laughs> well i would at least yeah. agree with you on the we need more part admittedly i'm willing to cut this movie a bit more slack than i would otherwise given that jamie babbitt the director is a lesbian and the writer is a gay man so it is I I'm I do tend to be a bit more forgiving on works on marginalized people if they are created by said marginalized group. Yeah. So how do we wanna like go into this? And the movie does start with, you know, standard high school stuff. The Megan is a cheerleader, she's dating the quarterback or whatever. Yeah, she's my my like... biggest question about this is: Does anyone still care about cheerleading? <laughs> yeah, that's like hard to say. I, I, I look like at all of this media is... from the '90s, and there... I, no, I feel like even to this day, cheerleading is less like an actual. It's like le less a sport and more uh, this representative institution in fictional media. Like yeah, it's I just mean... like. Oh, they're a cheerleader. That means you know they're 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 popular and they're pretty. And... Yeah. Okay, we're gonna kill the Rangers this year, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if my high school had cheerleaders. We had a very obnoxious pep squad, but I'm not sure if we had cheerleaders. I think we did. I'm not sure. Believe it or not, I know we did. <laughs> and you went to nerd high school, so yeah. Wow. We weren't known for our sports. Really. But we were the loudest, most obnoxious group of fans around. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go to games. I went to like a couple my freshman year. But anyhow. Um, <laughs> the titular cheerleader Megan is like kind of your typical all-American girl. She's very feminine. She's dating the quarterback. Uh, she's like a I mean, she's a cheerleader, so she's very in denial in the beginning about the whole uh, 
being gay thing. And that's kind of how I felt also at around 13. Um, (laughs) And actually, um, I had a friend who is also a lesbian. Like, she said that when she was around 13 or so, like, the reasons given for like as evidence of Megan being a lesbian is kind of also like how she figured it out herself. (laughs) Admittedly, it's all of this half-hearted symptoms like, oh, she's a vegetarian. Yeah, I have in my notes, vegetarian equals gay with same in parenthesis because I'm also a vegetarian. (laughs) You've been trying to make us eat this tofu. In diet, watch for a switch to vegetarianism. Oh. <laughs> Was this planned? Did we... Is this why we have you on the podcast? So we could <laughs> draw that link there? Yeah, yes. <laughs> this is the whole reason Mira is here. She will be That's leaving at the end screen. of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she also has pinups of girls in her locker, which is not a very straight thing to have. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any pictures of guys in your locker, just these. Mm-hmm. These sexual, even vaginal motifs in artwork and decorating, gay iconography. I think, in general, the movie does uh, a good job of setting things up quickly. Like, it it doesn't necessarily spell things out to the audience right away, but through you know the shots it has and through you know the the selected parts of her life that it shows you know i think it does a good job of letting the audience piece things together quickly before just sort of throwing them into the actual main plot itself yeah yeah i was kind of surprised that it got to it so quickly like just yeah it's very speedy about it you're there um within like the first 10 minutes they've gotten intervention and <laughs> within like the first like two minutes it's like you have lots of shots of cheerleaders bodies then you have her looking distressed while she's making out with her boyfriend and her <laughs> looking at the uh the he, he the like girl sticks out his tongue and wags it's really, it at her it's, while it's she's going for a kiss that it's super grotesque yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean if i was a girl that would turn me gay as well <laughs> <laughs> you don't even like to kiss me it's true so i have a couple notes on our other characters you're you're so much better at leading discussions than i am (laughs) i didn't have any notes so we've got clea duval as graham the love interest uh melanie Mm -hmm. linsky as hillary the qe teacher's pet uh katrina phillips as jan the butch catherine town as sinead the goth narc um and the boys are dante bosco as dolph rufio himself who will come back in an important way uh joel mckillie mckillie i don't know how his name is pronounced as joel uh, who is a stuart jewish stereotype uh kip pardue as clayton which i just have as doghouse boy um, <laughs> as apt a description as any. To, uh, to be fair, not all of them get very much screen time or development, particularly the men. Yeah, Douglas Spain as Andre, who's take the house down with the closet. Um, and then the <laughs> adults are Eddie Sebrian as Rock, 
marries a sexy gay son. Um, RuPaul. Is it established that he's gay, actually? Uh, um, not in the movie, precisely. I believe that in interviews, the screenwriter and director have confirmed. Okay. And RuPaul is Mike, the ex-gay huh. leader, sort of. Which opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I did notice that in the opening credits, now that I think about it. <laughs> then we also have Kathy Moriarty as Mary Brown, the headmistress, sort of. And Bud Court as Peter Megan's dad. Mink Stoll as Nancy Megan's mom. And Wesley Mann as Lloyd, who I have written as soft dad XX gay. And Richard Mall as Larry, who's hard dad ex ex gay. <laughs> True directions? We were among Mary's ranks before we defected. We're just trying to provide you all with a balanced perspective to see that there are options. In the end, it's up to you whether you choose to live a lie. Whether you want to be who you are or keep it hidden is really more what we're about. So you While a bit stereotypical, this film is a crash course. <laughs> Mm. With this casting, they knew what they were doing, not only through performers that had already established themselves as LGBT icons, like RuPaul and Melanie Linsky, who had already played a lesbian in Heavenly Creatures. Hmm. But Megan's parents are played by Mink Stoll and Bug Court, who are probably best known for Pink Flamingos and Harold and Maude, respectively, so... Both pretty big names on the midnight film circuit in their own right. While the film goes off and running, it really does so once they reach true directions. Yeah. The commentary is not just on homophobia, but also social constructions of gender roles and heteronormativity with the boys and girls respectively being mostly separate and like having to sort of relearn traditional gender roles where like they all have a very particular uniforms um color coded of course yeah yes everything's color coded. I, I, I admittedly love the color coding it just seems so bright and cheerful and fake yeah yeah <laughs> but visually it is fantastic yeah, Mary Brown's levels. world is very fake and constructed in much the way that gender roles are fake and constructed. Yeah. I mean, if you look closely during one scene, even the flowers yeah. on the property are fake. I did not notice that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she was like watering them and it like falls over. <laughs> the character of Mary Brown is also like shown to be quite hom- germaphobic rather. And that I've red sense is representative of AIDS paranoia which oh, even even to this day is leads to people <laughs> being reacting in kind of a germaphobic way yeah, even though I'm sure at, I know at the time it was definitely especially prominent looks like we got you just in time uh, what are you about 17 yes Almost lost her to college. You know, it's so much harder once they've been through all that liberal arts brainwashing. But we've saved a few. Another plus for the movie is that Megan is actually sent to this camp like a day after everyone else. So she's dropped in the middle of this world. And yeah. it's less 
orientation and more figuring things out. Like, the film is structured around a five-step program. Am- admittedly, I love when there's an order like that. But... <laughs> yeah, it divides it nicely into acts. Yes. Well, of course you like it, I guess. Is that a theater major joke or an obsessive-compulsive joke? Which do you think? I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is actually Megan's realization of her homosexuality. I'm a homosexual! I'm a homosexual! I'm a homosexual! Yeah, that's some great acting in that scene. I have written down, he's got the biggest dick I've never seen. <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go more into that, Jacob? What, into the biggest dick I've never seen? <laughs> I mean... I think there's a lot to explore there, yeah. <laughs> I, meant, I meant more on your uh, enjoyment of the scene or about the scene in general. Mostly because of how it's framed. I've always thought that, you know, due to how horrible the setting is, this concept, or rather the setting would work equally well as a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. And even though it's still very campy and comic, this is the closest it comes. I thought everybody had those thoughts. I just want to be normal. Then you admit you're not normal. So why don't you admit you're The entire point is everyone ganging up on her while she's having these flashbacks, and it's sort of like gaslighting in a way. Hmm, yeah. You know, with self-actualization instead of, well, as a result of abuse, but still. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like people were being mean to her. It's the whole point, as I'm sure we'll get into later. Minor point, I do love how you see at one point that this camp does not allow many things, but does allow smoking. <laughs> <laughs> like, we smoking see... It's okay. Even though you're probably, like, 16. Because it's cool. Yeah, it, was, it was the 90s. Don't even worry about it. While we don't see too much of the guys, I do like most of the girls in their own way. It's, they're all established very quickly. Especially mm-hmm. Graham, the love interest. We met Graham. I'm Graham, and I like girls a lot. And um, I'm a homosexual. Who, I will admit, reminded me a bit of you here, Aww. at least aesthetically. <laughs> <laughs> no, it adds a bit more of a humanizing element, the romance in between the very fake setup that is enforced by the authority figures. From here, we sort of like get into more into Megan's development as a character and like coming to accept herself i guess um yeah after she tattles on dolph and clayton uh after walking in on them on the floor making out that that's the whole and really the only way that this can be played for comedy is that the treatment is horribly ineffective yeah like shock treatment only turns one of the girls into a masochist and i could just say she just walks in on two of the boys (laughs) 
aggressively going at it. <laughs> boys will be boys. I mean, if you want to get into the biggest dick you've never seen. <laughs> so Dante Bosco goes home pretty early on, and Clayton Kip Pardue gets stuck in a doghouse, such as, which is why I had <laughs> yeah. called him Doghouse Boy. <laughs> One thing I did um, want to point out for the cast, Dante Bosco was 24 when this movie was made. He looks 13. Yeah, he's very. How does he do it? Still looks very youthful. Dolph, homosexual varsity wrestler. How you doing? It is, admittedly, easy to miss when going back, but that does sort of mark the start of her character development. Yeah. So, from that point forward, she's sort of ostracized by most of the other gays, except for Hillary, who really wants to be straight. And I think even sort of towards the beginning, Graham is, like, implied to be interested in Megan. A bit derisively, given that Megan is the pretty popular girl that, you know, likes cheerleading and is very sweet. I've really been thinking, but I just can't think of anything. I think our little prom queen is too afraid to disclose. Oh, really? What's your root, Graham? We're working on your issue here, not mine. You're deflecting. No. To be fair, I, I do like how, while cheerleading is a huge part of the character, they didn't go the usual route, which usually it's like the cheer captain, who's a total bitch and is above everyone. But yeah. yeah, cheerleading itself isn't really a major aspect of the film, despite what the title may have you believe. Well... It is a major aspect of the character. Sure. Which is, which is nice. And kind of sweet. Yeah. It's not supposed to be intellectual. Cheers are supposed to be simple. Make people feel good. And, you know, plays a bit into Graham's character development, but we'll get into that. <laughs> you know, we get a montage of traditionally heterosexual gender normative activities. Like chopping wood. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I was in Boy Scouts. They were, as long as it was outdoors. And of course, <laughs> and of course it, all of it also simultaneously had sexually charged undertones. <laughs> oh, precisely. Like when they would look at each other when they were uh, fixing up the cars. Okay, who wants to go down with me? Yeah, and uh, Rock dancing sexily to the song Party, Do Party Down by RuPaul. <laughs> Another part that I love is when everyone is going into their roots or what caused them to become gay. Because, you know, naturally it doesn't work like that. But <laughs> the straws that everyone grasps. Nobody, nobody is just born gay. There has, has yeah. to be some sort of root cause. My mother got married in pants. All right, let's see. A Dolph. Too many locker room showers at the varsity team. Hillary? Um, all-girl boarding school? I mean, I don't think you can get a bigger root cause than I was born in France. <laughs> <laughs> 
Others include, um, the only one I can remember is Traumatic Briss, and I Like Balls, <laughs> which was Jan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do, do you want to get into Jan? Because... <laughs> yeah, Jan is an interesting character, um, and, like, you see so few butch characters in media in general, and yeah. usually when you do, they're a punchline where the punchline is just... Look at this non-attractive girl. Yeah, this woman is butch. That's the joke. Laugh. And in Jan's case, um, she is presented as being very butch, very masculine, I guess. Um, and just generally, like, gender non-conforming. But... Yeah. Later in the film, when they're doing group therapy, she just says, I'm heterosexual. And that... Uh, just just because she's not a pretty girl who... And yeah. she wears, like, baggy shorts and plays softball doesn't mean that she's a lesbian. I'm a heterosexual. Uh, not yet, honey. You're almost there. And don't speak out of turn. No, I know. I've never been gay. I mean, to be fair, well, I've, I've actually seen so many arguments about this character. I mean, people argue about this scene a lot. Yeah. I, I've seen arguments that, you know, the character is a butch heterosexual, a trans man, a that she's a lesbian that is lying to get out of the program, or, you know, simply... There's also the bisexual option. And to be fair, ignoring bi and transsexuality is very on par with anything that RuPaul is involved in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just take a look at yourself. I mean, everybody thinks I'm this big dyke because I wear baggy pants, I play softball, and I'm not as pretty as other girls, but it doesn't make me gay. I mean, I like guys. Can't help it. I just want a big fat wiener of my. Amen, sister. I quit. That's like kind of jumping ahead a little. There's. I'm like, I watched <laughs> no, this fine. movie about a week ago, and I'm like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fine. <laughs> it's around here, that's the bar scene, right? Yeah, they decide to sneak out one night with the help of two of Mary's former students, the XX gays, Larry and Lloyd, who I mentioned earlier as soft XX gay dad and hard XX gay dad. And they take them to a local gay bar. Called the Cocksucker. Yeah. Which is a bit on the nose. Sure is. Rather on the nose, but... Uh, as someone who lives in an area with a lot of gay bars, it's not that far off the mark from reality. Uh, I A few notable ones in the area are Woody's, uh, Voyeur, oh my God. Eye Candy, and that's just naming a few. That sounds like a really fun line of work getting to name gay bars. Oh, yeah. true. <laughs> I'm sure that's, like, part of the draw in opening one. Just what are we going to yeah. call it? 
Exactly. It's like naming a child, but better. <laughs> oh my god, so much better. <laughs> it's like with a child, you have all the baggage to deal with. With a gay bar, it's just like, you know, it's the 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 more out there it is, the better. Like, just go whole hog. Mm-hmm. The whole hog would be a good name for a game. That would yeah. be fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I should get into this. You didn't tell me you were taking me to a gay bar. Where else would we go? And it's at this gay bar that Graham and Megan's relationship sort of blossoms into romance, and Graham kind of does this by trying to make. Megan jealous, I guess, by like dancing with Sinead, which Sinead does not take well. Um, and after somebody accidentally drops a cocksucker matchbox in there, you would think it wouldn't have been a wise choice to yeah, kick it out yeah. of a matchbox, but <laughs> you need, I guess, you know, I, I just never wanted know a memento, <laughs> or maybe it's for the cigarettes, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just got them for my smokes. I didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> um, when they won't confess that they went there and that, or like who was the ringleader, Mary, already knowing that Larry and Lloyd are behind it, take them all to picket their house, carrying like picket signs and homoph- yeah, shouting pretty... homophobic abuse. Yeah. A pretty uncomfortable part. Yeah, that was definitely the hardest part for me to watch. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve! Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve! Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve! Adam and Eve, don't you want to be normal? It's all very Jesus camp. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from a modern perspective, it all felt like hearkened to, like, you know, your Westboro Baptist church type thing. I guess, you know, you didn't have that direct parallel then, but looking at it now, that's certainly the sort of thing it brought to mind mm-hmm. yeah. i mean it does admittedly bring about some of the best images of the film like yeah. in part when larry and lloyd actually leave the house and everyone just runs back into the car <laughs> megan's just the only one still standing out there kind of dejectedly holding a sign saying well silly no. faggot dicks are for chicks oh i realized it as i was saying and i wasn't going to say it but <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess okay you have those privileges to some degree. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not going to test those waters. We'll issue a language warning at the start of the episode. We're not queer. We're not going anywhere. We are here. We're not queer. We're not going anywhere. That's it. That is sort of an iconic image of the film for me. Just yeah. this girl mm. in a world that she doesn't know anything about being forced in multiple directions. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Who knows? Uh, I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, to add to the uncomfortable factor, there's also the fact that it's made clear around this point that both of the lead girls, it is clear that they are not welcome home if they fail. Yes, that was another uncomfortable aspect. If you had gone, you have to know that you would be on your own. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you can't come home. We can't allow you to live an unhealthy lifestyle under our roof. Yeah, Graham is 
she is okay with being gay, but she's basically forced there with the risk of being disowned by her dad and stepmom. Her stepmom who says at one point, this is why your mother left. <sighs> her dad's a real piece of work, too. He gets a nice uh, anti-Semitic joke in there for good measure. Oh, yeah. Against each other. Blowing each other after your fucking bar mitzvah is a little bit different than learning how to dog battle. That is totally uncalled for. Well, excuse me, but but we're paying a lot of money here to get these kids fixed, not sit around and listen to stories all To be day. fair, to hide from the counselors, Graham does pretend to be in love with the Jewish kid. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she's just determined to be a disappointment, I guess. <laughs> you know, my kind of girl. <laughs> So, from this sort of point, like, Graham and Megan's relationship has become much more rather openly, sort of, semi-romantic, where, like, they'll be doing these household chores together, and they sneak away one night to have sex, and... It's a pretty sweet scene, honestly. Like, Megan tells her about how, like, how important cheerleading is to her and how nothing else had really made her feel the way cheerleading does until she met her. And that's really sweet. (laughs) So it sounds stupid to you, but I really love it. Cheerleading's the one thing that's kept me happy. Yeah, and like I said, just the fact that Graham doesn't immediately dismiss it starting from this point also marks her character development. These are both characters that are adapting to each other, which you don't necessarily see a a lot in romance in films. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being cynical, but... No, I think that checks out well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Or it's, all, it's really overblown that they try to meet in the middle <laughs> to the extent that they both sort of lose their individual character. Sneaking away to have gay sex at a conversion therapy camp is not the brightest thing to do. Yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool move, though. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a power move. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, consequences. <laughs> get out of bed. You hormonal hussy. I can't believe you did this. You were supposed to be the role model. Now get up right now. Unfortunately for them, uh, Sinead, who I referred to earlier as the goth narc, um, <laughs> she narcs on them. and That's not what goth culture is about. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Uh, so uh, I thought she was Mary more punk, personally. And they're sort of given two options separately are given like she's told she can leave and have nowhere to go uh, or she can uh, close out the graduate by simulating heterosexual intercourse with rock oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and megan refuses because now she's like fine with being gay and she assumes that graham is gonna do the same that she's gonna leave with her but then graham doesn't she's afraid to 
defy her father, so she stays at the camp and agrees to pretend to have sex with Rock. <laughs> Which um, is another big image. Like, I've seen it in the trailers and everything. Where it's just these kids in full flesh-colored bodysuits with fig leaves on them. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, an image that pretty well encapsulates the film's theme of, like, this really absurd, uh, like, heteronormity. Yeah, I mean, to an intense degree, Yeah, not only is the leader of the camp yelling at her son to have sex, but, you know, foreplay is for sissies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, tweeted, yeah. this is a very inappropriate thing to be forcing teenagers to do. Um, or your son yeah little tongue he loves you he wants to be with you the way God intended to be inside you his love muscle thrusting so Megan leaves True Directions and goes to stay with Larry and Lloyd where she finds Dolph is also living and they're very, like, welcoming and accommodating. Dolph's now rocking, like, this rainbow-colored jumper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, like, walls are painted rainbow. And I was like, I want this to be my home. <laughs> <laughs> so Dolph and Megan make a plan to break out uh, Graham and Clayton from their graduation from True Directions. And Dolph is able to do this rather easily. <laughs> Dante Bosco and Natasha Leone crawling across the grass in army fatigues is an image <laughs> that stuck with me more than I care to admit. <laughs> it's a great scene. That was fast. Where's Graham? At first, Graham declines because, like... They're in front of all these people and stuff, and it's a terrifying place to be in, position to be in. Um, yeah, I mean, not going to and... speak from experience or anything, but... Yeah. And then, calling back to earlier, when Graham says she would love to see her cheer, Megan then performs a cheer for Graham and tells her that she loves her, and... That wins her over. One, two, three, four. I won't take no anymore. Five, six, seven, eight. I want you to be my mate. One, two, three, four. You're the one that I adore. Five, six, seven, eight. Don't run from me, cause this is fate. I'll be honest, I found the cheer underwhelming. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it sort of it comes full circle because earlier on, uh, she was told to write a song about um, God. What was it? Was it about about being like, straight? How she was? Uh, yeah, how she, she yeah was trying to be straight, and then it comes around to to this. I mean, neither song is particularly well well composed or anything like that. Of course, it's, they both actually fit the same sort of theme since it's a standard cheer the one two three four five six seven eight are you saying that people cheer and then they do thumb wars (laughs) i don't (laughs) (laughs) keep your day job jacob (laughs) i love you 
Um, you know, it's the sentiment of the scene that counts. And yeah. It's it's cute. It, it's like the interrupting a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it's made out to be seem like. It's the gay version of the ending of The Graduate. Yeah, they drive off <laughs> with Dolphin Clayton. And then, like, right before credits, it cuts to Megan's parents attending a P-flag meeting, uh, coming to terms with their daughter's sexuality, and uh, Bud Court is a little more willing to be, like... My name is Peter, and my daughter is a homosexual. Hello, Peter. Yeah, I, that that scene struck me as a bit pandery, but also necessary. Maybe not necessarily pandery, but very, you know, feel good. Like not all of the heterosexuals are bad. <laughs> not all straights. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mingstol is still like wrapped up in a scarf to hide. Channeling the opposite of literally everything she did with John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings about the end of the film. Um, so how did you guys feel about this? I honest, because I kind of almost cried at this a couple of times. Uh. <laughs> I really enjoyed this film. Was this your first time seeing yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, Jacob, had you seen it before? I had seen it before, yes. Ah, uh, okay. I first seen it, like, a couple years ago, I believe. And while the film was more problematic than I remember, I still enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. hardly a perfect film, but it's one I enjoy a lot. And it's kind of unique, I guess, as a openly gay film in that it's about sure. lesbians where, that, where it has a happy ending nobody dies um exactly yeah that is a good point <laughs> yeah and, and, it's... and one thing i did notice during our discussion that i hadn't realized before is that it's not out about our protagonist learning to accept it it's about learning yeah. to accept her own sexuality she doesn't she she not... objects because she doesn't believe that she's a lesbian she doesn't object because she yeah. believes it's wrong yeah. yeah it's not really a coming out story and it's also just, like, a silly com comedy and not, like, ugh, hitting you over the head of with the misery of being gay in this world. <laughs> I mean, it does a little bit, but it's not, like, really strong, sad and <laughs> That's the best... Uh, it's a, well, it's, uh... no, it's in a more satirical sense. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I was surprised to find out this was actually kind of panned yeah by critics like it does not have imdb gives it a 6.6 .6 out of 10 rotten tomatoes has 35 percent whereas google users it says 89 percent like this movie so um it seems fans or view general viewers or at least gay ones sort of liked this yeah, movie I mean, more so than critics and probably general audiences maybe because i mean to be honest 
I think a good part of it is the emergence of the LGBT community closer to the mainstream. Yeah. Admittedly, a lot of the criticism I've heard against it is characters being stereotypical, especially the men. Yeah. But I have yeah. met so many gay men. Yeah, that I was going to say also. Use like, that flamboyance to a I, similar degree. Yeah, I've met many Andres in my life. There are several people that that I is mean, a major yeah, there's part a lot of who, of they people are. who, who you know, put on a progressive front who claim like you know, you you can't act like a certain way because that would be stereotypical. So I can I can see how you know that might have been an audience reaction. I mean, to be fair, I don't the like time. the stereotype. The stereotype kind of gets on my nerves, but it's an it's kind of true to life. Not all. Or like that, but it is something that happens. Yeah. This film was originally given a NC-17 rating by the Motion Picture Association of America. Um, and so they cut a few things. Like It's mostly a, a scene of female masturbation, correct? Yeah. Or and... rather implied... And the, uh, camera pan up Megan's body as while she's masturbating in that one scene. Um, a two-second shot of Graham's hand sweeping over Megan's clothed body, and a comment that Megan ate Graham out. Um, and instead, I mean, good for her. This film has an R rating, which I still feel like it really doesn't deserve. No, I mean, not at all. It, it, there's actually a fairly good documentary about this sort of thing, this film is not yet rated, where mm-hmm. I've, I've the, heard about it, the director is one of the people that contributed, and they talk at length about it, especially given that this was released the same year as American Pie, yeah, which had no uh, such yeah. obstacles, yet features a character having sexual intercourse with a pie. Mm-hmm. But it's a straight pie, I'm sure. <laughs> oh god gotta uphold those american values yes yeah. well it is an apple pie yes <laughs> like just seeing the overall reception i found several websites one of website the feminist site autostraddle actually ranks the film as number one on its 120 best lesbian films yeah i I know to be Um, honest i can't even name 12 lesbian films so (laughs) (laughs) yeah most of them are probably pretty bad or at least depressing but yeah i know naturally i know a lot of lesbians so i know a lot of lesbians who hold this film very near and dear to their hearts like there are a lot of problematic things about it uh, but it's still, like, for a number of people, I think, it's one of the first gay films they saw, or at least one of the first that had a happy ending. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm sure for audiences that see themselves in the film, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. I, if you don't want to constantly watch films that portray your life as hopeless. Yeah. I mean, as I am not a lesbian, I cannot hope to reach that level of closeness with the movie but Mm -hmm. i can definitely see the appeal and 
you know, from yeah, my absolutely. own other very different standpoint, it is one that holds up. Oh yeah, it was. De- it was. I mean, like you know, to speak nothing of any other aspect of it, it was definitely an enjoyable film. It's you know, th- this this the sets are all really interesting and dynamic, and it's it's a very fast paced film. It's like it was just a like a really easy watch. It's a shame that Jamie Babbitt's career didn't really take off. Yeah, she um, directed uh, Itty Bitty Titty Committee in 2007, (laughs) which is a film I remember seeing uh, on the shelves in the local um, Hollywood video in my tween years. (laughs) And like, I would think about it. I would think about renting it and then to decide not to i never i never did and then uh breaking the girls in 2012 and she's since directed a number of like episodes of tv shows um so i think these days she's generally more of a tv director than film director to be fair i haven't seen itty bitty to the committee but i have heard that it is a lot more balanced in representing the whole LGBT community in a sense mm. opposed I'm to have the to more see it someday who knows maybe we'll discuss it I don't know <laughs> regardless of whether or not we discuss it thank you for listening to it's symbolic if you have a suggestion for something you would like for us to cover you can contact us through email at it's symbolic podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC. We are also on Instagram at It's Symbolic Podcast. And we're on iTunes. If you like us, you know, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It helps a lot more than you think. But only a good review. If it's a bad review, I'll cry. Me too. It's, it's like Uber. If you don't give a 10 out of 10, we're going to fire someone. And I will give you candy if it makes you give us a 5 out of (laughs) 5. Yes, Ben will track you down and give you candy. I'm Jacob. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. Join us next time where we make a podcast about three people making a podcast about three people making a podcast. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I was hoping for a bit more comic response, but... (laughs) I don't know. I think. Look, man, it's been a long night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little tipsy. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I just wasn't meant to be put.